Welcome to the 75th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the captain to the Spider-Man No Way Home Firefly class hype spacecraft, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou, Simon Eady? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I'm a little tired, though. I must be honest with you. Are you a little sleepy Gary? Hmm. Sleepy Gary, indeed. Mm -hmm. Sleepy Gary, indeed. You know why, Adrian? No. You know why? Well, let me tell you a little tale. Are you ready for a tale? Tell me a telltale. Hmm. I will. The other night, not last night, but the night before, I haven't quite recovered. Couldn't quite get back to sleep. Oh, no. We were, uh, we were sleeping. We were sleeping. Sleeping in a bed, you know, as you do, not on the floor or anything. And in my home, at my regular home mm-hmm. in Guelph, and all of a sudden, I'm awoken by the sounds of my dog's barking. He's in the room with us, and uh, he starts barking, and then I wake up, and I'm like, what? And somebody's banging on the front door of the house at 3 in the morning, 3 a.m. They're just banging on the door. Really? Yeah, are you intrigued yet? Are you intrigued? I'm very intrigued. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, and when you're woken like that, when you're awoken... You're in this like deep slumber and you're just suddenly jolted awake. Mm-hmm. It's kind of jarring and you're kind of tired. And like I went to bed late as it was. I think I went to bed at one. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was I was in a deep, you know, I was in my REM sleep probably. I was just jolted awake. Rapid I'm eye like, movement. Oh my God. Yes, rapid eye movement. Thank you. But I was like, oh my God. And I think I was dreaming about something else. I think I was dreaming about like living in the apocalypse. And I thought, I think I, I translated it as like somebody was coming to kill me mm-hmm. and like, my dream aspect. But anyways, regardless, I have a ring camera on the front of my door, which I've talked about in previous episodes because of a different incident. But I think initially, do I have to go answer the door? But then I'm like, no, I have a ring camera, you stupid person. I know you're tired, but let's get going. So I open my phone, open the ring app. Ring, of course, is a doorbell camera company. And there's a man standing at the front of the door and he's still banging. He's just banging on the door. And he's trying to get in. Like he actually pushes the door handle to come into the house. Mm. And I, you can talk through the ring camera if you're not aware. And so I start talking through my phone into the you know speaker on the outside. I'm like, excuse me, like what, what's what's going on here? Like what are you doing here? Like we're sleeping. It's like three in the morning. And he's like, I need my coat. I need my coat. <laughs> my wallet's in my coat and my keys, and I can't get into my house. And this guy's like pissed off, and. We're like shocked. We're again. We're shocked. We're both jolted awake. My mm-hmm. girlfriend and I. Again, we're completely kind of out of it, and my girlfriend's kind of freaking out because it's like quite frightening. This random yeah. man is trying to get inside the house. Yeah, if, if that happened to me, I'd be like, "What the fuck? I don't even have a ring camera, so I'd have to like walk to the door." That would be even worse. Man. I know. Thank God for the ring camera is what we were mm-hmm. thinking. But anyways, we were talking through this ring. Can invest in one. It's, it's worth it, I think, you know, or one of the competitors, but Ring is pretty good. I might do the Nest because I got Google products. But anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so then we're like, what's what's going on? Like, what's happening? He's like, you have you have my coat. You have my coat. Is this, is this, insert my address here. I'm like, no, dude, we don't have your coat. He's like, were you at the manor, manor tonight, earlier tonight? Sorry for the viewer, the listener out there. The Manor is a strip club 
by night and uh, and uh, a church by day. Um, just for context. Yeah, here here in Guelph, Ontario, that's a real thing. Not even joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, we were not at the manor. Uh, you know, truth be told, I came home from work at about eight o'clock, and I didn't go to a strip club afterwards. But anyways, he's like, I haven't. That's what you were telling your girlfriend. Well, she was with me the whole night. So unless I like slipped out like a some kind of an alter ego superhero, and my alter ego is I go to strip clubs. <laughs> my name is Magic, Magic Mike. Ah, yeah, that was stupid. Anyway, um, regardless, this guy's standing outside, and he's screaming about it, and he's like, "I have an air tag. I have an Apple air tag. That means it's got to be in your house because it shows. It says your address mm-hmm. on my my Apple." Find my app, which is, you know, the AirTag, again, context for the listener, the AirTag is a basically a tracking device that can basically track any any manner of thing. And he obviously had it somewhere in his coat. And he assumed that means that he can just knock on anyone's door in the neighborhood. By the way, the AirTag is not specific. It isn't that specific. So if it says an address, that's like, I don't think that's true. I don't think it is. I think it gives you a range. He must have been drunk, honestly, but he also just came from a strip club. At three in the morning, so it's not yeah. that unlikely. So I, I basically rebuttal to him, like, dude, I do not have your coat. We did not go anywhere. Got here at 8 p.m. And we didn't leave the home, so there's no way that we have your coat. But he would he was relentless. And I was like, you must leave. And my girlfriend literally chimes in, we are calling the police if you do not leave the premises at this very moment. And then he's like, oh, Okay, I get it. I get it. It's just inconvenient. I'm like, yeah, we work, we work in the morning, bro. Just get off the freaking property. And then he's like, well, is there guys who live at your house? And it's like, no, leave. And of course, it had to have been, has to have been our next door neighbors who uh, we have a long string of, you know, misdemeanors with. They do mm-hmm. stupid things all the time. They pee on the front tree of the house, as an example. They steal stop signs and cross the lawn. Yeah. Again, you, you, you put- need context. Listen to our other episodes of Split mm-hmm. Focus. But. You put down poop in strategic positions? Yes, so that they would step in it, so that they would stop walking across their lawn and triggering the ring camera like every day. It was so annoying. But they yeah. stopped, actually. They did stop, which was great. And it was mainly because of the poo, because mm-hmm. one of them stepped in it. But anyway. Um, well played. Yeah, it, w- it worked out. But regardless, it was pretty frightening. And then he, um, he's like, which way, which way do the guys live? Because we basically tell him that the guys live next door. Uh, these this group of people that he's looking for. And I'm assuming they did take his coat because that's something that they would do. I mean, it's possible they didn't, but it had to have been them who stole who stole a stop sign and also uh, on a different night stole a man's jacket. And so we told him, I said, yeah, just go right. It's the, the, the house on the right. And then... And then I'm like, but no, no, sorry, my right, your left. And then he spins around and he looks like he audibly, lo- visibly looks at his hands to figure out which one's right and which one's left, <laughs> like literally on the right camera. And then he goes, he, he goes left. <laughs> so he went the wrong way. And I'm like yelling after him. I'm like, no, no, dude, no, my right. I'm, I'm a camera speaking to you. No, you're, you're left. And he was already gone. And then he went to the neighbors who are not those people and he knocked on their door yelling on, on the, at their door. And we could hear him not only through the ring camera microphone, but also just listening through the closed windows. He's like banging on this person, these people's door. Mm. And then they answer and they're like, no, no, it's not us. We didn't go to the manor. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Imagine, <laughs> imagine just knocking on like anyone's door. 
just because you're looking for your damn coat. Yeah, we've all been there, but yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's my story. That's a wild tale. It was frightening as hell. Yeah. It was frightening. If the door was unlocked, it would have been way worse. Like, what would have happened if the door was unlocked? He would we have, have wandered in. around my house just looking for coats. Would mm-hmm. he look through the clo- every closet in the home? Would he just be upstairs looking through my, my you know, my underwear drawer? Like, is he deranged why would you try to let yourself in there's no outcome in which that works out because the air tag could be anywhere in the vicinity Mm -hmm. yeah that's wild man i know like like i have weapons in my room i have uh i have a machete next to my bed as as well as a a knife like a bowie knife wow then i have a sword okay that's at the end of my staircase okay so the sword is for show Let's be real. Yeah. Okay, Simon, if I swung that sword at you, it would hurt. Maybe it wouldn't kill, but it would hurt. It's not sharpened, but it's a big sword. You can't swing it. you got small corridor hallways. If I stabbed, if I I punctured. It's like a long sword. I could puncture. It's a Jon Snow sword from Game of Thrones. Yeah. What is it called? White white claw? I'd say the the knife is easier to use in this context. I would do the knife, yeah. I would stab him a million times. Hmm. bathe in the blood of my enemies uh, yes yeah. yes our laws though like stand your ground or whatever in canada are not as i feel like not as crazy as in the united states yeah i know i feel like you'd go to jail for like defending yourself from a crazy intruder which is so stupid i feel like that i, I don't know i'm on the state side for this one i feel like you should be able to just kill people that go on your property I, think that's I don't know about that. I think you should be like, a, there's like a happy balance type scenario because there's lots of instances where that's a very abused. You can break their limbs, but you can't kill them. How about that? Is that you, can assault, you can assault them, but you can't murder yeah. them. Yeah. I don't know. You can I cause don't know. serious physical damage. A balance is what's needed. Because yeah. again, these that kind of lenient law that is in some states in the US, it seems like it's too lenient in some states. And Well, don't be walking on people's property. It's easy. Yeah. But what if your air tag says that your code is in someone's house? Then obviously you can just go in. Just yeah. walk into the home. It's fine. Yeah. That's the Yeah, it is. I think that's a new law, isn't it? It is, yeah. They just passed I think they it in did. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They did. The home of Apple passed that law. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was frightening, is my point. And I couldn't get back to sleep very easily after that because I thought that man would come back. But we watched him drive away before we settled back into a slumber. I would have followed him home. And then just banged on his door. I would have waited like an hour, let him fall asleep, and just start banging on his door. <laughs> Wait for him to fall asleep, <laughs> then bang on his door, and then when he comes to answer it, you drive away. Yeah. No, I'd be like, "Where's my coat?" <laughs> and you just walk into yeah. his house, start looking for your coat that's not there. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Where are you at the manor?" You just do a straight up Uno reverse card on him. Just do the exact same thing he did to you. Yeah, that'd be good. That's what I would do. Yeah, it is smart. It is smart. But alas, I was tired and I did work in the morning. I wasn't lying. That's fair. I I had a long night at the manor, so I was very, very tired. <laughs> no, I did not go to the manor for the record. Yeah, fair there enough. There was I no manor going that night. Yeah. Crazy though. That's a cool tale. That's a cool tale. I like it. Mm, yes. A little stressful though. A little stressful. Mm-hmm. Much like the relationship, the strained relationship between Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Wouldn't you say? Oh. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So... It came out from uh, what I think you have it written here. Yeah, deadline um, that the Will Ferrell Adam McKay relationship split wasn't as amicable as they said it was. They they so they had a production company um, which was called what Gary Sanchez Productions, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 
Uh, it's literally on the screen. I can just read the screen. Yeah. Um, but it is. Uh, yeah, it was called uh, Gary Sanchez uh, Production Company, and they essentially uh, like shut down that production company between the two of them. And when that happened, they mentioned that, oh, no, we're still friends, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, they're not friends anymore. And that's very heartbreaking to me. No, it doesn't appear so. Yeah. Because like Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, I think that combo, like that, like they made so many amazing comedy movies that are literally just so, de- like it, it's defined my childhood. It's defined my sense of humor. Anchorman especially. I still quote Anchorman on a daily basis almost. And yeah, just reading this whole 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 situation, it really bummed me out. Um, I think like the main issue with it from that article was that um, Adam McKay is making a, an HBO Lakers TV series or whatever. And yeah. uh, there was uh, the coach of the Lakers, I guess, uh, Jerry Buss or whatever is the yeah. is the name. Uh, Will Ferrell really wanted to also written on the screen. Also written on the screen. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Will Ferrell really wanted to play that role. Like it was one of these roles that he was just eyeing for years and he he made it known. Um, but for whatever reason, Adam McKay decided not to go with Will Ferrell and instead hired uh, another longtime collaborator and also a friend of Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, um, for right. the role. And yeah. unfortunately, uh, McKay, um, I mean, he, he, even, he even mentions that he did the wrong thing. He didn't talk to Will Ferrell personally and you know the casting I guess leaked or was announced and uh Will Ferrell for obvious reasons was very upset about that and um apparently he said something along the lines of like have a nice life um when they were discussing the ending of like their Gary Sanchez production company partnership which is crazy and uh yeah it's a crazy it, thing it's I think it's just it's like proof is in the pudding of like communication is the key to every mm-hmm. relationship no matter what friendship you know Girlfriend, boyfriend type scenario, mm-hmm. husband, wife. Yeah. So, yeah. Any and, any marriage. Yeah. It's true. Mm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they did not communicate very well. And obviously it broke down. Although, to be honest, what I think started as like a catalyst is McKay was initially branching off to do more drama before mm-hmm. this kind of went downhill. And Farrell's just traditionally done mostly comedies. And yeah. I think almost, almost exclusively. I guess the shrink next door excluded. Um, yeah, there's probably other ones that I can't think of, but I'm, I, it's funny now that this story is coming out now. Although the reason why that's happening is because don't look up uh, Adam McKay's next film is coming out to Netflix next week. I think. Um, um isn't it like it, Christmas? I, think, I thought it was Christmas. Uh oh, I don't know, but uh, we should look that up because I feel it like is. otherwise we'd be announcing it on the new releases segment of this show. I thought it was this week. Oh yeah, it is December tenth. Yeah. Let's check the document here and to see if you've added that. I didn't. I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. Well, good. We caught it early. No, anyway. Okay. No. 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 It's December twenty fourth. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. It's on Netflix. I know for a fact. I wouldn't have missed that. However, I'll once I get to the new releases, Simon. There's uh, there's some info that I gotta I gotta drop on you because, God, it's been a it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. It's a whole rigmarole. A lot of a lot has changed. But anyway. Okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah, the point was he started to dive more into drama, McKay did. And as a result, that kind of strained their relationship as collaborators, at least, mm-hmm. because Farrell wasn't really going that way. And then it seemed McKay kind of got maybe a little too ahead of himself and that I think he got a lot of critical acclaim for- uh, The Big Short. The Big Short. Thank you. And then he was working on Vice, 
and uh, Farrell wasn't really involved in either of them. So. Yeah. But uh, it's sad. And the quote here that I really want to say is, uh, McKay said uh, of their relationship, the whole time we were doing Gary Sanchez, I was saying, I don't care what happens so long as this company doesn't fuck with our friendship. Which yeah. is sad, isn't it? It is very sad. Because again, I, I love like what they did together. Like Again, stepbrothers especially. Like, God, man, I quote Adam McKay movies all the fucking time. Like those movies have such a special place in my heart. I think they're one like some of the funniest movies around. Um, that that duo. Um, and yeah, again, this is very heartbreaking to me. It's it's like an end of an era. To be fair, this era has been kind of over for a while, but just kind of seeing it, you know, come come to light, like that their relationship is actually over, and that we probably won't get another comedy with them is very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. Mm. Like McKay wouldn't think to potentially do to do both maybe yeah but oh well yeah well that's life it is what it is i suppose it's too bad too bad indeed yeah adrian i'd like to jump into into some uh show corrections from last week episode 74 of split focus a film and tv podcast i said something kind of stupid yeah you did and it was in a write-up so i read it which is even dumber Mm -hmm. and uh you didn't also catch it which you know it's kind of on you but anyways regardless I said The Usual Suspects was the movie that, sorry, I didn't. That was the opposite. I said, yeah. the, I said The Unusual Suspects was the movie that Kevin Spacey stars in instead of The Usual Suspects, which is clearly the name of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, dumb. So that was dumb on my part. Yeah, so that was our mistake, is, is like you said, because you said I'm kind of to blame because I didn't catch it. So Yes. Like I said, your mistakes are my mistakes. My mistakes are your mistakes. It was our mistake. Okay. And there was another mistake we both made. And that was that the Deadpool dudes, um, I mentioned for the sh- the YouTube original show, Wayne, that was canceled, unfortunately, that the Deadpool dudes uh, either like wrote or created it. I was wrong. They only produced it, um, unfortunately. So uh, I feel like also last episode, you didn't know their names and I filled that in. And this time you also didn't know their names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's uh, Wernick and Reese, I believe. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, the writers of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. The Deadpool dudes. Yeah. So specific. Thanks. That's what we do here on Split Focus. We're so specific. We're incredible. Mm-hmm. We are. Or as you say, Pacific. Yeah, we're so Pacific. Not to be confused mm-hmm. with the specific ocean, of course. Do you say Pacific when you're saying specific because as a child you couldn't say specific properly and so it's an, an ongoing gag for you? Or did you get that from somewhere? Like, what, what's the origin of you saying Pacific? Like, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I have no recollection where I got that from. I definitely didn't hmm. do it. I don't know. I always do like play on words all the time anyways. Like, I, I like doing puns and just mixing shit up and do just you? pretend. I do. I do all the time, Simon. I do all the time. On this podcast or? On this podcast and, and in real life. Oh, okay. Yeah, and in real life, you know? Excellent. All and right. uh, I don't know, like, I, I'm sure I heard it somewhere before. Like, I must have, but uh, hmm. maybe I just said it naturally. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Okay. But I do say it. Yeah. That's fair. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? Okay. We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebauer, longtime listener, longtime writer inner. Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us and he said, Dear Adrian and spoilery, McSpoilson. Oh my gosh. Sorry, which one am I? 
Ah, yeah, that's a good joke, man. I, I said that a couple episodes ago. I'm liking that you're bringing it back. I think you're Adrian in this case, and I'm Spoiler mm. McSpoilson. The most logical answer. Anyways, mm-hmm. he continued in his email. Hi, guys. First, thank you for letting me know how the magical, magical family gets their powers. I was afraid that I'd have to go to the theater and watch Encanto to find out. What? I should have known that Simon was a little sus when I saw him sporting a t-shirt that said, and he's got a list here. It was his damn sled, and in brackets, 1941. He was wearing his dead mom's clothes, in brackets, 1960. These appear to be some kind of spoilers from various movies. Anyways, he continues. It was Earth the whole time, from 1968. Everyone was guilty, from 1974 and 2017. He didn't kill him. He was the father, from 1980. He was dead the whole movie, from 1999. Oh, I know that He one. wasn't the grandfather. He killed the grandfather from 2017. I don't know what that is. Audience, you can, you know, play with these as you as you, as you you may. You can listen back. Which movies is Kenneth giving the spoiler for, for for these particular years? You tell us. I know, I think, four of them. That's great. Out of the six he posted, seven he posted. Hmm. Hmm. I know the 1961. Do I say it? Or no? No, no, don't say it. Because that would be the irony. So let's just give some context. Kenneth Stadelbauer works, uh, I work alongside Kenneth Stadelbauer. And Kenan came up to me and said that I spoiled Encanto in episode 73, which I did not. Because the thing I said on episode 73 was in the beginning of the second trailer, like in the first five seconds. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Ken remembered that. And so as a result, I showed him the or I was about to, but he said, I don't even want to see it. I was going to show him the first five seconds of the trailer uh, for the thing that I spoiled. I talked mm-hmm. about the candle in, uh, in Encanto, which is not a spoiler because, again, it's in the trailer. Encanto. We will not spoil things on Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. We will talk about things if they were in the trailer, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we draw the line. We will do our best not to spoil plot points because we care mm-hmm. about that. We care about you, audience. We care about you and your love of movies. So, mm-hmm. anyways. In candle. You didn't acknowledge it when I said it the first time. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Thanks. It's like a play on Encanto and Candle. Yeah, exactly. It's extremely clever. Thanks. Wow. What would I do without your jokes? Can we call them that? Or- yeah, we can. Thanks. I don't know. You would just talk to yourself. This would be a very weird conversation because you would just be saying things and there would be no one replying to you. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's probably true. Very true. I feel like I don't know that many of these, but I do know them. It's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's weird. The, in terms of his hints, I mean, the, the actual, the spoilers here. I think mm-hmm. I'd have to take a look, a closer look at these oh. um, to really get it. I, I, I think I've got three or four of them, but yeah. obviously the he was dead the whole movie. I think we both got that one. Yeah. He didn't kill the him. 19, he was the father. That one's The obvious. 1981. Yeah, that one's obvious. That he was wearing his dead mom's clothes. That's a, That's an obvious one too. At least for me. Uh, is it? Yeah. You'll have to tell me after the show. I, okay. I feel like I know them, but I don't know. You want me to text it to you? Sure. Okay. Are you going to do it right now, like live? Are we doing it live? Fuck it. Let's do it live. Let's do it live. I just texted it to you. It's that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways, let's move on. He has one more uh, comment at the end of his email here. He wrote, on a more serious note... Are there any characters from the Netflix Marvel series 
that you would or wouldn't like to see make the slide into the mainstream Marvel Cinematic Universe. Signed, Kenneth, and a quote here, life is not a fairy tale. Not everyone deserves a happy ending. A quote from Wilson Fisk. Ah. Adrian, are there any specific Marvel characters from the Netflix Marvel series, Mm -hmm. which were supposed to be linked to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that you'd like to see hit the hit the primetime hit primetime Disney plus series or perhaps the the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from Disney. uh yeah I feel like we kind of talked about this before but um I would 100% like to see the main cast of Daredevil um going so like Charlie Cox says like Daredevil you know Karen Page Foggy Nelson and Wilson Fisk I'd like all four of them to be like join in the question about that too is if they were to bring them in Mm-hmm. Would they be using the past stories of that Netflix series of season one, two, and three? Would they use that context to have those characters in the in the like a new show or a new movie? Or do you think that they would end up just using the characters and the same actors and not actually use the history that they already have? That's my question. Because yeah, those are the ones obviously that I would love as well. That that's yeah. the main ones. I, I could take it or leave the other characters. I don't know. Um, I, would, I, really, I really want Jessica Jones. Like I, I, I really want Jessica Jones to join in, um, played by Kristen Ritter. And then, um, yeah, I could take or leave pretty much everyone. I really like Luke Cage as well. Like I, I think uh, it's Mike Coulter, I believe. Michael Coulter. Yeah. 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 Like I think he does an awesome job. Sure. Um, like playing the character. I could take or leave Iron Fist though, especially now I thought that we he have did an okay job. He's yeah, like I don't yeah, he's okay. Like it's just he was easily the least interesting of the bunch. Yeah, I would argue. But yeah, um, I was. I feel like it was the least good put together TV series. Mm-hmm. Although people uh, seem to like the second season, I didn't actually jump into it because the first yeah. season was kind of the weakest of the the, of the four. four for sure. I agree. Um, but uh, I don't know. I. I think I talked about this a little bit that I think that they might just kind of pick and choose what happened and what didn't happen. How do they do that though? There's a question like that. That's the problem is how confusing could that possibly be for those who have actually watched it? Mm -hmm. The picking and choosing. I don't, that's a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It it would be difficult to do, but like at least for daredevil, I would want them to bring pretty much everything in because I think bullseye, like if they brought in Bullseye as well, who's amazing. like the villain of season three, which season so three is good. amazing. Yes, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, for sure. It's got um, two villains and they're both yeah. very compelling and they feel like uh, I think Ken actually was telling me in person. He was saying that honestly, Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk is arguably, in his opinion, the best Marvel villain he had seen recreated in live action before. Who, who was it that he said? Oh, I can't remember now. But he's, he was saying it's one of his favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe villains that mm-hmm. they've that, that's ever been created so far, and that is very very deep and like has a like a compelling backstory. And yeah, so I, I just I I love the way they handled the backstory though. I just love how well it was done. Mm-hmm. So like to remove the shared history between these characters, I don't know. I wonder what that would mean. But yeah, because like for Jessica Jones, I didn't bother with season three because season two was such a letdown. Um, but like, I, I would like them to, you know, bring in that element of like her with the purple man, like from the first season and, you know, like kind of bring in that history that like at, at the very least, you know, have her dealing with that, that trauma that she dealt with back in, back in the day and everything. Like I would want that to go forward and with Luke Cage. I did watch both seasons and I don't know. I feel like you could relatively easily like continue that story going in. 
I don't know. Like, I, I feel like ideally they would bring in or like continue some of those stories or at the very least reference that they've had. But oh, sorry. I was just choked on air uh, <laughs> or at least let them happen. Or, or, wait, what was I saying? I just lost my train of thought entirely. Reference. You said oh, they yeah. would. Yeah. Reference that they happen, but not necessarily continue the storylines that were happening. If that makes sense. Like you don't necessarily, maybe you just do like a slight time. jump. like, okay, that, that plot thread is, is now wrapped up. The only one that I would like to see continued realistically is the, uh, again, the bullseye plot line with, um, Daredevil season three. Does I just that... don't get the idea of picking and choosing though. Like it, no. some pretty big stuff happened by the end of season three. So you'd have to, well, that's what I mean. Gonna, like I would like, you can't that... just use bullseye's plot line and then not address where Wilson Fisk is currently. No, no, I, no. I like, just think yeah. that that part doesn't no, like, really work. What I'm saying is I, I would like them to continue the whole daredevil arc. Like I would want that one to continue, but again, I could take or leave the other three. Because I never watched season three of Jessica Jones, nor did I watch season two of Iron Fist. It's just weird because I would have thought Bullseye would not have been interesting as a villain. He's so cool. But he's just so well done in that Daredevil series. Like, he's just, oh man. I just love that. I love that third season so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking up what, who that actor is because I feel like I haven't seen him in anything else. I'm trying, trying to think. Wilson Bethel. But yeah, one of my coworkers just uh, actually finished watching uh, Daredevil season three. Cool. Uh, well, he binge watched like the three seasons because he just asked me for like a show recommendation. I was like, eh, like we don't, like it's, it ends on a cliffhanger kind of, and we don't know if it's going to continue, but like Daredevil is so worth watching. So he binge watched like all three seasons. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about the Punisher as well. Like John Bernthal's Punisher. I, didn't even I really liked the first season, but it wasn't yeah. well reviewed. And yeah. I, I thought that, I felt that was odd. Mm-hmm. I don't I quite know why. Season, though, to be fair. Oh, there was a second season. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Actually, I realized I stopped watching these shows because they canceled them. They announced yeah. that they canceled them before they launched the, the last seasons. It's like, is that a good idea? No. Because I just thought, well, they're not actually going to wrap these storylines up. They didn't announce that they were not wrapping them up, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, ah, that's okay. Then that's fine then. Yeah. They're just going to be mediocre end seasons if you're not going to. And I don't know. I, I felt really, it made me feel really weird about them, which sucks because the. <laughs> The the numbers I'm sure for the viewership probably went down for because of probably a lot of people felt the same way I did. Which yeah. I feel like that's maybe why you didn't watch it either. That's exactly why I didn't bother with like yeah. season two of Iron Fist or season. And then they're probably like, Oh good. I guess it worked out. Or I guess season two of the Punisher as well. I guess it works out that we don't have Marvel Marvel properties anymore because people stop watching them anyway. Yeah. It's like, no, I think it's the other way. It's a chicken and the egg issue, but I th- I'm pretty sure it's because you canceled them mm-hmm. and you announced it so clunkily that that's why this happened. But anyway, I digress. Yes, Daredevil is my priority. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I would absolutely love, love to see him in a Spider-Man movie. Me too. I just, man, it'd be so cool. Or in one of these Marvel series. Like I know that they're doing um, uh, like an Echo TV series. Which Which puzzles me. Yeah, they announced that on Disney Plus. And her character was introduced in Hawkeye. And uh, in the comic books at the very least – um, I don't know about this universe because obviously, like, we don't really know if the Netflix universe is part of the main MCU. But in the in the comics w- books, at least, uh, Echo has like a lot of ties to Kingpin, and like he actually trained her and stuff like that. So, if we were going to get Wilson Fisk back, it would be either in that show or possibly like through Hawkeye. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, it's just I don't know. She's intriguing in Hawkeye mm-hmm. to me. 
like I, I like her character so far in the um, too. Hawkeye series. Like, episode three, they kind of like did a a really cool like the first I want to say like five minutes of the episode. It's almost like a history of that character and like you know how she grew up and everything. And uh, I was very intrigued. And if they're going to kind of flesh that out more in her TV series, she's also just like neat. Like she's a she's a deaf, I guess like anti hero vigilante type character that's just badass yeah the the thing is i think if they tie it into wilson fisk then it could be very interesting Mm -hmm. but i I guess i don't know enough about her character to really see the see the amazingness that that show can be yet but yeah yeah, it could be cool it could be cool we'll see we'll just see what how hawkeye pans out for me hawkeye's amazing so far i watched episode three i'm sure you did too oh yeah and uh i'm just loving it i think it's awesome me too i just I think the uh, the direction, the tone, because of Christmas, it's it's really really cool. So I'm I'm very excited to see what where that goes next. Yeah, there's an action uh, scene in in episode three that is just so awesome. It's like a car chase scene. It's it gets, it's wild with like Christmas music blaring. Uh, I'm really loving it too. I I think this yeah uh, the car chase is incredible because it's almost one shot and mm-hmm. like a large segment of the the way it's shot like they have a revolving camera inside the vehicle and it's spinning around 360 degrees it's extremely well done and even the shot I honestly the fight scene in the like the kind of warehouse also really really good in my opinion mm-hmm. I don't, there's something very it, it kind of the show in a way that it's done and the fact that there are these one shot kind of fight scenes it's kind of reminding me with New York being a character in the show it's reminding most me most of of those Netflix shows actually funny yeah. enough just because of all of those elements and the the focus on the fight choreography that went into Daredevil and went into um Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones to some extent but mm-hmm. but mainly especially Daredevil and uh, and again, New York being a character. So I am really loving that show for what they've done with it. I, I honestly think that that fight scene, that whole episode of what that what's in that is arguably the best. I'm trying to think now if there's better fight choreography in the way it's shot or a better chase scene in a Marvel series so far. And I, I think no. I honestly think that that was the most well done in terms of choreography. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. There's just not that many opportunities that we've seen them do that anyway. The only like show that had like that really focused on fight scenes, to be fair, was uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Man. And really, there's only the one fight scene. I think it's the beginning of episode five that I really like. It's in that like kind of warehouse and it's just uh, yeah, Bucky and Falcon beating the living shit out of what's his name. The rest of that show, it felt like kind of the fight scenes kind of pale. They pale. Yeah. Like they don't. They're not that exciting. They're kind of kind of forgettable in a way. And I just mm-hmm. I really don't forget the episode three for Hawkeye. So yeah, although it's fresh, it's a little fresher in my memory. Fresh. But at the same time, I don't remember talking about the fight scenes in any of these shows as particularly amazing. Yeah, so far, especially not WandaVision. Yeah, I think we we actually talked poorly of the fight scene because there's like a fight scene at the end of the uh, series, and I was like, ugh, it's my least favorite part of the show. And just to be clear, I'm not an echo hater, okay? I don't have enough perspective. You it could hate be really cool. Deaf people is exactly no. what you said. No. Yeah. No. No. That could be no, that is an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 coming off a little bit like in a way, it's getting me giving me like sound of metal vibes in the way they're kind of doing it and I think they're yeah. doing it really well with that regard. With with like uh Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton uh you know kind of dealing with hearing loss as we talked about last episode and uh the connection with with him and Echo. Actually, it's a very interesting. I don't know if you saw this at all on 
uh, your feed at all. But uh, apparently, both Haley Steinfeld, who plays um, Kate Bishop, and Clint Barton, aka Jeremy Renner, they they welcomed Alakwa Cox, who plays Echo, because she's deaf in real life. Like she, they actually welcomed her with ASL, that's awesome, like American Sign Language to to the set, and she was very nervous. It was her first, apparently, it was her first acting job ever. Or something mm-hmm. like that, or fig- first high-profile one, and so I thought that was a really, really cool story that they learned like certain phrases. I don't know if they learned complete ASL um, necessarily, but uh, just I don't know. I thought yeah. that was really heartfelt and a really cool idea. And it, she was she basically said something along the lines of like, "It's clear that Marvel and Disney is like serious about diversity and in- inclusivity in their in their series." And I think so far, especially, they've done it in a very seamless way. Mm-hmm. in this series again and that's what i always love the seamlessness of like not drawing too much attention to it just kind of having it in in it even like in eternals as an yeah, example exactly. with um i can't remember the character lauren ridloff it's lauren ridloff but the character's name is escaping my mind Ooh, i don't remember Lauren ridloff's the actor who plays uh the speedster i don't know makari yeah good call good call all right adrian what else have you been watching this week? So you obviously watched Hawkeye. What else have you watched this week? Mm, do you want to talk about the thing that we both watched together? Let's do it. House of Gucky is what I, we both watched. I believe it's theaters. pronounced. I believe it's pronounced Gucci. Oh, yeah. That's why they were saying it like that in the movie. I was very confused. A lot. They'd probably say that at least like twenty-five times. Gucci. Oh, I thought it was just their Italian accent. Have you ever watched the movie Eighth Grade? Yeah. You know when she says Gucci? Yeah. God, it's so cringe. That's what she's referencing. Oh! I know. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. That's, yeah, that's why she doesn't say gucky. Oh, okay. You learn something she... every day, Adrian. Yeah. You learn something every day. But, uh, yeah. I thought she was just making fun of Italians and how they pronounce gucky, but I guess I'm wrong. You, yeah, you are. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on a little bit. House of Gucci is a Ridley Scott directed film. And I just feel mm-hmm. like Ridley Scott, and I said this a couple weeks ago, he's got such range, yeah? Like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of get, he just, he does sci fi one, one week. He does like a, a medieval piece one week. He does a 1980s, 1970s type uh, drama comedy type situation with House of Gucci the next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, The Last Duel didn't come out long ago. And he's working on a Blade Runner and an Alien TV series right now. Mm-hmm. The man can do it all, Adrian. He can do it all. What did you think of House of Gucci? I think he can do it all, but not all well. Oh, don't love House of Gucci. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, okay. I'm being very harsh right off the bat. I actually really like this movie. I think House of Gucci is like a good movie. <laughs> I quite What like... is that referencing then? What does he not do well? I don't know. I just wanted to say it, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to say it. Oh, um, okay. I thought it was a good opportunity. Um, but I don't think this movie is uh, anywhere close to perfect. I think there's a lot um, left to be desired in this movie. I think what this movie does well is the like how well the, the the movie itself, I guess, was cast and how well the actors do their job and play their parts. But I feel like the story itself, as someone that doesn't really know anything about like the House of Gucci and like what happened and and the, that whole rigmarole, I was left a little bit confused. I think there's a couple of like big time jumps where I was like, "What?" Like, I, I, like it, it almost like didn't even show when there was a time jump because this this movie takes place over the course of a, essentially 30 years from like the early 60s to the mid 90s. And Pretty sure it, it starts in the 70s. Is it the 70s? Pretty sure. I thought it was like the mid 60s. 
Mm. Ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. It takes place over a couple of decades at the very least. And uh, again, there was like a couple of time jumps where I was just kind of confused as to like where we were in the timeline and like, you know, what happened to specific characters. And, you know, it, it, I, I feel like it was a little bit, um, I don't want to say rushed, but it, it almost felt rushed, like the plot, some of the plot points. And I felt like this movie could have been longer, even though the movie itself is already two and a half hours. I almost feel like this movie would have been served better as like a miniseries um, that they could have fleshed out the characters' relationships a little bit more and why specific characters' relationships were falling apart. I know this is based on like real events, but I would have liked to see why these two characters are, you know, slowly falling out of love, not just essentially being like, hey, okay, one, you know, they're everything's amazing. And then all of a sudden it's just like, a time jump and it's like everything's awful between the I two. I did not find that at all. Oh, I, no? I I fervently disagree, I think. I, mm, I don't. Okay, fair enough. I didn't see like this shift suddenly of a time jump and then they were fell out of love. Like there was a it's a pretty like like it's one thing after another that and they're they're not feeling it anymore. Or one of them isn't and the other is. Mm-hmm. is. I don't know. I, I did I found that they did that. I I, I saw it in before my eyes. It's funny. It's also funny that you said it's too, it's too short. Because my girlfriend said it should have been an hour less. Oh, <laughs> so I yeah. don't feel that way though. I, I kind of, uh, there's some exceptions to that. Like I, I don't want to watch a five hour movie necessarily because I think just shorten it down. But yeah. um, I, I find that most movies can be really long and I just don't care. So I definitely didn't think that it needed to lose an hour. Mm-hmm. But I didn't in this case think that the pacing was off either. Like I, I got the context and I. And I don't think I know the story that well either. I, I, I knew the basis of the story and that it's a, I feel like a pretty major point in history potentially mm. for this like scandalous situation. But I don't know. That's an inter- interesting take though. I, I like hearing your take that mm-hmm. you thought it was, that it didn't show the relationship breakdown enough mm. for you to feel invested. Basically, that's what you said, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I was, I, I was almost left disappointed. I was like, "Why? Like, what happened? Like, I, I, I would just, I wanted to see why they almost, you know, were falling out of love with one another. Or at least one of the characters were falling out of love with I, the other person. I do find it is obvious, but okay, I guess yeah, agree to disagree. And like, I, I can like see your point. Like, there are little hints and nods, but I just feel like it was very quick, at least for me. But again, I think the acting between. And the chemistry on screen between Lady Gaga and and uh, Adam Drivers, so good. Like it's it's really good. Yeah. And maybe that's why I was a little bit disappointed because I really liked them when they were together. I, again, this is based on a true story, but I thought their chemistry together was so top tier that when it just kind of crumbled all down so quickly, at least for me, I was left a little bit disappointed. I was like, I, I want to see this relationship kind of fall apart a little bit more. I want to see a marriage story you know, fall apart. They should have just put in marriage story, that entire plot in this halfway through the movie. Right. Yeah. The acting for sure is a, is a standout though. Like the, you mentioned the actors acting choices and um, the casting and all that. Like, I feel like Lady Gaga and Adam driver were really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I haven't seen Lady Gaga in anything other than a star is born. A star is born. And she was amazing in that. So Adam driver is, Kind of amazing in everything he's been in that I've mm-hmm. seen. I don't think there's a single thing that I'm like, well, he could have been better yeah. <laughs> in that movie. No, I, I really think that he was really, really good. And he kind of falls into the his roles to a point where, again, I kind of stopped seeing Adam Driver fairly early on and everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the other actors like Al Pacino and Jeremy Irons, who I thought were also amazing. And they're oh, kind they're of legendary so actors yeah. in their own right. 
And then there's Jared Leto. Which is, okay, I, I've said a couple times on this podcast that I don't love Jared Leto. But goddamn, he was amazing in this movie. He was okay. unrecognizable. I like I didn't even know it was Jared. Like I knew it was Jared Leto because of like I knew he was supposed to be in this movie. But goddamn, he was on another level. I was like, this guy is an amazing actor. I can't I can't deny that. Um, I just don't like his like personality, I guess, outside of acting. But yeah, he, I think he added a lot to the movie. His character, um, Paulo Gucci. I think he added a lot of levity to the movie. And this movie is like a comedy, I, I would I would argue. There's a lot of like yeah. really good laughs, and a lot of that comes from his character. And again, yeah, it's just I was shocked at like the prosthetics and the makeup and everything with him, especially. It was just I was shocked. Like when he came on screen, I was like, God damn, like because yeah, it, it looks literally nothing like him at all. Um, what did you think of that, though? I liked it. I don't know what it was. I, I really liked it. I, I agree with you. It is a comedy. And I think Ridley Scott has called it a comedy as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like, I feel like moments throughout that make it even look like a comedy that don't have Jared Leto in it. Mm-hmm. But Jared Leto was a lot of the comedic relief in some way. Yeah. The one thing, though, is I, I don't know why I couldn't stop seeing Jared Leto, though. Really? Oh my God. It's weird. And I don't know what it is. It bothered me. And I'm like, I was trying to analyze myself and trying to find out why I was seeing Because his eyes, I just saw his eyes and I could hear his voice distinctly. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's his fault. I, I think it's my, it's my own problem. I've seen him so in so many things. And I think he did a good job. Like he did a, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. He was almost a little bit too exaggerated in some of his actions. I, I, I argue maybe, but I feel like maybe that's that character. And yeah. It did lend itself to a lot of the comedic relief. So I, I personally think I tried to looking out, trying to look outside myself. I'll say that he, he did, a, he did a good job. I think he did it. Like I think everyone in the cast was really good, and yeah. I really much enjoy, very much enjoyed, pretty much the movie as as a whole. Yeah, you said like at the beginning, like I, it was not, it was like far from perfect. Yeah. I don't know. Is there such? Th- I have a hard time almost like picking out like a perfect movie in in, in general, like as a Blade as Runner twenty forty nine. But is it is anchor man? Really, is, is anything really Snap perfect? Though, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying because it's like art. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's course. hard to really per, point out perfect perfection. I have issues with plot holes. I have issues with that, especially in in certain movies, and I, it bothers the hell out of me. And like really bad CG can take you out of it. And yeah, that's, that's my big thing. Obvious. And then there's incredibly great things where it's like a standout things, like a standout performance from Jared Leto or Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. And we, we clearly point that out, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. is kind of, I don't know. It's the high of the, the eye of the beholder, I guess. I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I, I just thought that it was, it was paced pretty well. And interestingly, unlike um, a movie that really loves subtitles <laughs> throughout the movie, uh, resident evil Return to, you know, raccoon town. Yeah. Great movie. That movie uses titling throughout constantly and almost too much and weird different fonts a lot. (laughs) That was my problem with it. I mentioned that last week on episode 74. But I think that um, this movie didn't use subtitles. It didn't use titling very often at all. And I I found that I wasn't confused. But I feel like maybe you wanted the titling to understand the time jumps. So I think we might have a different perspective. But I thought that the non-use of titling in a lot of aspects of the film it was very sparingly used and i kind of appreciated that choice as director as ridley scott made 
So I, I don't know. I appreciated that, but maybe you disagree on that one. I, I, yeah, I do. I, like, I, I feel like I would have gotten more out of it because like there, there are like scenes to scenes where like years pass where I'm like, huh? Like, like, yeah, there's definitely time that's passed. And I don't know. I, I feel, yeah, like I feel like I would have enjoyed it more um, or gotten at least a little bit more out of it if I just saw the titling uh, a little bit, just like from uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Ra- Raccoon Town. I just feel like this this movie. I feel like Ridley Scott can learn a thing or two from Johannes Roberts. Um, oh no! And, and make a better paced movie. Personally, that's just that's yeah, just like a me the, thing. Like the the hit movie Forty Seven Meters Down. Yeah, that movie's not good. I don't like that movie. Yeah, but uh, all right, Adrian. I recommend this. It's uh, it's drama filled. It's comedy filled. Um, I thought it was very entertaining. Was it the true, true story? I feel like the Gucci family disagrees quite a bit. I think actually Tom Ford also disagrees as well, who was the um, creative director for uh, Gucci for a long time until the, I think 2010 or something like that. There there was a year. What do you mean there was a year? There was a year that he stepped down. (laughs) Yeah, there was. And then he started Tom Ford. Maybe it was 2015. I don't know, man. It might have been 2015. But uh, it was interesting that they went into the, like the Tom Ford kind of years too. But I guess they had to because it was like an overlap with the, the story they were trying to tell. I didn't know that that story overlapped. And Tom Ford's an interesting guy. You know, he's directed films as well. I did not know that. No. Yeah, Nocturnal Animals with uh, Amy Adams oh. is directed by Tom Ford and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, hmm. I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. I digress, Adrian. What else have you watched this week? What else have you watched this week? Ooh, Simon. So I started uh, a show. It was recommended to me by one of my coworkers, um, who's like, uh, like she, she, like I've been recommending like movies and TV shows to her, and and she's recommended some back to me. And and one of the uh, like I mentioned that I, I've been meaning to like kind of jump back into some anime, and she just mentioned that she finished watching an anime TV series. That was called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a title. That is a that is a title of an anime series. It's on Netflix uh, that I myself decided to start watching. So I've watched only one episode. I only watched the first episode. I watched it yesterday morning while I was at the gymnasium on the stair climber. So I was like, I got to watch something while I'm on the stair climber, Simon. Right. And um, very important. Yeah, I watched the first episode. And so far, I really like it. It's um. It's a short show. I think there's only 13 episodes and it, 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 you know, it's just, that's the series. And uh, she said that like the payoff itself is like fairly good. Um, and that she just recommends it as like a, almost like a slice of life, like cute sort of anime. And it's about, uh, you follow this guy. I forget his name. I don't remember any of their names. The show's in Japanese with subtitles, but it follows a guy that, um, you know, just goes to school. And one day when he's in the library, he sees a girl walk through the library wearing a bunny girl costume. Um, and the girl that's walking through the library in this bunny girl costume is actually like the celebrity. Um, but for whatever reason, nobody in the library except for him, Caesar. And, you know, I'm sorry, Adrian, what the hell is a bunny girl costume? You got to give some context. It's like, it's a, it's a, what do you mean? It's a costume where she's kind of dressed up like a bunny. Why you have that girl in there? It's a girl. Cause it's a bunny girl costume. It's like the ears with like the tight suit. Little pom pom, but it's a bunny girl costume. Just Google bunny girl costume; it'll pop. Okay, so I'm just you're saying I'm the minority. Everyone yeah, else who's listening to this podcast would know what a bunny girl costume is. I just don't know. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, 
exactly. Okay, carry on. Anyways, so, uh, so yeah, like you know, and for whatever reason, nobody else sees her. So he like you know follows her and talks to her a bit. And uh, long story short, uh, in this first episode, she just mentions like they they you know get to know each other a little bit more as the as the as the show or the episode progresses. And the next day, you know, people write like see her obviously. And she, again, she's like this formal uh, former childhood celebrity that just kind of like stopped acting like only a couple of years ago. And um, he's, you know, kind of talking to her about this stuff. And then she just mentions that like one day she like woke up because she really hated being noticed by everyone. And one day um, when she was walking outside, no one recognized her and no one even noticed that she was like there. Um, it's almost like that her like dream came true, but it, it only happens like one day a week sort of thing. So to test it out, she just puts on a bunny girl costume because if people are going to notice her, they would definitely notice her if she's wearing a bunny girl costume. So it kind of just like uh, sets in stone that people won't recognize her if that makes any sense. I feel like I'm doing a bad job explaining this, but um, yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, long story short, um, there's a thing that they briefly talk about in this uh, first episode uh, called puberty syndrome. And it's that when some people um, hit puberty, they can gain almost like a bunny girl costumes. No, not, not bunny girl co- costumes, but like not necessarily powers, but like, like, some of their wishes can come true. And um, most people don't believe in it. And her wish was to have lots of bunny girl costumes. No, her wish was to not be recognized by everyone. Ah, right. That makes sense. But yeah. Um, but as a result of this puberty syndrome, um, she is actually slowly fading more and more into not existing and people aren't recognizing her and don't even remember that she was ever alive except for the the one main character. So he's essentially just trying to write down in like his diary to make sure that he never forgets her. And it's kind of like this, like uh, like a, a fledgling sort of love story between these two characters. And uh, it's kind of just progressing from there. And then, you know, like the first episode ends um, with, uh, I guess them like setting up for a date in, in episode two. And uh, oh, exciting! Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a very cute anime. The the name is awful. Like, don't get me wrong. Like me, just even bringing up Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I'm like, oof. Uh, and when she like mentioned it, she's like, trust me, the name is bad. It's an awful name. I didn't even want to tell you about this. I just really like the Kinda show. Kind of seems like a porn name. It does a little bit, but um, hmm. but again, I, I'm really enjoying it. And again. Th- yeah, I I don't I feel like I didn't explain this all too well, but it's cute. It's like this cute anime between these uh, that follows these like two characters mostly, and they they seem to be going on a love story. And I, I don't know what it is about anime um, that you know follow love stories, but I just have a soft spot for that. Like I love love stories in anime. There's there's something about it that I just feel like a lot of the times it knocks it out of the park. Like Your Name, which is one of my favorite movies ever, is like a beautiful love story anime and even weathering with you, which is the, the the kind, not really a sequel to it, but it's by the same director, Makoto Shinkai. And then there's a, an anime series that I really love called angel beats, which is like a love story that takes place in purgatory. I don't know. Like, I I just really like that. And I was just in the mood for something like this and a little bit more lighthearted and cute. And uh, so far so good. I'm going to continue watching. And again, there's only 13 episodes and I'm, I'm really into it so far. And, I like this idea of this girl that was a super famous celebrity slowly fading into non-existence while a guy is trying to make sure that he never forgets her. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Does this show interest you at all, Simon? No. 
That's fair. I totally get that. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I've watched uh, one more thing this week that I've, I feel like I've brought it up on this show before, but I've just been rewatching it a bunch. And it's uh, I Think You Should Leave, hmm. which is a Netflix original like sketch comedy show yeah. by Tim Robinson. And it is the funniest thing online on Netflix. It's just it's so good. Every single Is it still going? Is this a new season? No, season two came out either earlier this year or like late last year. I've already seen the show like multiple times, but I've just We're been just re- watching it again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because like, I don't know, it's it's so goddamn funny. And I, I've been uh I don't know, I've been in the mood that I, I need more uplifting things. I, I need I need to be laughing more and everything like that. So this show is definitely doing that for me. And again, like it's goddamn, this show is like the funniest fucking thing. Like around like every single sketch is just 10 out of 10 there's so many ridiculous things that happen in every sketch and again it's one of the most quotable things i i i've been constantly quoting it again um and uh, again I, I i highly highly recommend this show did you watch i think you should leave i feel like you watched the first season right i didn't i didn't see it in oh, fact no. I got to the very end of uh, the other show. What was that show? The Australian Auntie show? Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which I love. Yes, but, Auntie yeah. Donna's Big Old House of Fun. I got to the end of that and I somehow didn't. I got distracted. I think because the PlayStation Five had just come out, and I, mm. I was just really excited with the PlayStation Five, and so I stopped watching too many shows around that time, and so then I didn't finish it. But I think I was on the last episode. Oh, so I should probably finish that first before I get into another sketch comedy show. But yeah, alas. I did not see Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave. So good. So good. But yeah, if, you, if you're in the mood to laugh a bunch, I uh, suggest you check it out. All right. Yeah. Noted. What have you watched? That is noted. I've watched a couple things. I finished C, season two. You mean season two? Yeah, sorry. I bought, damn it. I botched it. You <laughs> <We're>, did. <laughs> anyway, season two. Season two on Apple TV Plus, the show where Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa go head to head when they're blind and their whole society is blind in an almost medieval type environment where they fight with swords. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I did that justice in the explanation, but regardless. I think you did. It's season two. They're kind of brothers, Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa, but they're going head to head because they live in two different like kingdoms. Anyways. Um, so like, you know, it's cool. It's kind of great in the terms of its fight choreography. The production values are top notch. They're shooting on location. It seems like almost every, every, at every moment. And if they're not, they're doing a really good job with some kind of green screening or maybe that kind of Mandalorian type screen. I don't know, but it's, it's to me, that aspect is phenomenal. Um, the acting's okay. The writing is not good. I just, I don't think we're going to watch season three. If there's a season three. That's fair. I just, I'm sorry. I gave it so many chances, but it's made so many weird choices. And I, again, I wish we watched it together. I wish you watched it as well because, you know, you have Apple TV Plus as a, sub- a subscription and it would have been nice to see your perspective. And the fight choreography is worth it for the show potentially to make it okay. But I just think that the plot points are holes a, a lot of the time. They didn't think things through. The aging of characters is nonsense. Like people age up like 30 years and they barely look like they aged a day. Like they just completely forgot about that. It's very unusual the way that it's done in some regard. Like again, the writing and some of the choices characters make seem to go against what the character would have done in previous episodes. Like they're almost like flip between seasons. It just, 
ah, frustrating as hell because it's got so much potential. I don't think you thought that it had any potential for some reason. You thought that the skeleton or the concept of the show was not good and that's why you didn't watch it. I think the skeleton, the concept of the show is great, actually. I think it's a good concept. It's cool. It's neat. But you have to execute on that concept and I don't think that they have, in my opinion. But kudos to the production designers. Kudos to the costume designers. Good old Bear McCreary did the did the music, who, mm-hmm. who's done various shows and movies like, you know, The Walking Dead, God of War, that awesome video game from PlayStation. Sorry to Ken for talking about video games. Every time. But ultimately, it's not the greatest show. Yeah. So season two, like the finale of season two, because I, I remember you were literally on the last episode. You talked about it a couple weeks back. Is the finale good? Like, is it worth, like... <sighs> Like, is it know. a satisfying conclusion to season two or is the writing just too bad to really make it satisfying? It is satisfying in some aspects, but then there's writing in it that just doesn't make sense. Characters make choices that just don't seem to add up. Mm. And you're just left wondering why they're making these choices. It's just, I just don't get it. And again, my girlfriend and I just kind of look at each other when they, they say these dumb lines or make these dumb actions and we're just like, what? Why did they do that? It just doesn't make sense based on what they would have done. It's not like what we would have done. Like I'm pretty tolerant of letting characters be their own characters. I just don't think that the character that was written in season one would have changed that much between season one and season two. And they're kind of making actions for plot convenience to make drama. And I don't believe that that is the greatest. So Mm. yeah, take it or leave it. I would probably leave it. There's so many good Apple TV plus shows. There's too many shows that are so good now. But uh, one thing for sure you get in every Apple TV Plus show is amazing production values. I've yet to start one that's not really, really, really well done on the, you know, the actors hired at least for it. Like mm-hmm. the, again, the production design, the music, the the costume design, it's really good. The makeup, et cetera. But anyway, yeah. so I'll leave it there for season two. Yeah, and uh, I'll move on to the last thing I watched this week. And I just finished the first episode, part one, and that is The Beatles Get Back by none other than director Peter Jackson, Adrian. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. That's on Disney Plus, right? It is. It's on Disney Plus. And honestly, I love this so much. I really like this. It's just very long is the only criticism I have of it, but it's like you couldn't really make it shorter. So it's not really a criticism because it's just what, what it is. Peter Jackson had to sift through hundreds of hours of footage and audio, like video and audio, basically. And he compiled this thing where he kept knocking it down, apparently. He knocked it down to 18 hours of footage, and then he knocked it down to eventually eight hours. And he just couldn't take anything else out, according to... According to him, to because it felt like a crime against rock and roll. I think those are the words he said. Oh, okay. But this is about the Beatles in 1969. They're uh, rehearsing nice. for this live performance. Um, and this live performance, it, it's it's arguably the last, the last Beatles thing ever. Um, mm. This is like the the making of their last album, and you're kind of like a fly on the wall watching this group kind of disband, which is kind of crazy. And there's, there's all these rumors of why the Beatles broke up in the first place over the years, and this is kind of the footage that really shows what really happened and it was locked in a vault for years and no one was uh, able to use it. They were, they were going to make a documentary years ago, but I think because the band chose to break up, they locked it away in a vault and said that no one can use it and mm-hmm. until finally they, I guess, approached Peter Jackson and Peter Jackson just couldn't say no because he's a huge Beatles fan 
Yeah. Did you hear about the series? You must have. I did hear about it. I, it's a three-parter, correct? It is a three-parter, and I think each part gets longer than the last because it is an eight-hour show. Okay. Interesting. So how long is this? Did you only watch the first episode, and how long is it? We did, and we broke it up over a couple of days because we just didn't have the time to do a mm-hmm. all in one sitting. And uh, so we watched a huge chunk, I think an hour and a bit uh, in the first sitting, and then we ate, kind of ate a couple meals and watched the, the, the rest of the first episode. And it was, I think, two and a half hours. Damn. Two, maybe two hours and 40. So it, it was, it, again, it's relatively long, but it, it's, man, it's funny. These, these Beatles, they're, they're funny guys. They, it's the way it's shot is really well done in terms of giving context to what was happening. To sift through that much footage and create something sensical was arguably an arduous task. The way that the video actually looks so amazing for having been shot in the 1960s and the way that the audio was re-engineered, like, and I think they use, like, um, AI in some regards to remaster the footage and the audio to make it sound and, and look the way it does. And it, do, it really does look remarkable for the, how old mm. it is. Um, it's, it's really cool. I have to say, like, I, I'm just so impressed how cool it is. It's so fun to watch. They're just, they're creating songs from this last Let It Be album right in front of you. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Like you can see like the, the gears turning in Paul's head, like Paul McCartney's head and, Seeing Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Ringo Starr, and uh, George Harrison play off of each other is just like is like magic. It's like magic on screen. I can't recommend it enough. If you're any if you're any fan of the Beatles, I feel like that would be the reason to watch this. But it is very long, so you have to kind of be in it in it for the long haul. Are all three parts out? Yeah, all three parts are out as far as I know uh, as of now. Hmm. Um, Neat. Maybe I'll check it out. It's really cool. But yeah, I'm curious. I wonder if this will. I don't guess it won't qualify for best documentary because it's not. A film. He wanted to make Peter Jackson wanted to make a two and a half hour film, but he just couldn't. He just couldn't bring himself to cut the footage, and I can see why because he was worried that if he cut it, like the the rest of the footage would just go back into the vault, and no one would ever see it again. And I think that that is a. He felt that again. It was a crime against rock and roll, and so he just didn't do it. But anyway, I digress. I digress. It's just really, that's the best thing I've seen this week. Um, best thing I've seen this week. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Uh, the title of your sex tape or yeah okay cool no resident evil welcome to raccoon town i went to watch it again no you didn't nah, i didn't it's just uh, it lives in your memory you just play it over in your dreams is that what you're yeah what you're saying okay yeah. adrian it's time to move on to the news i think i think it's time uh-uh-uh no we're moving on to the news. Oh, okay. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent pertinent this week yeah number one as followed by publication the hollywood reporter sony pictures executive amy pascal recently sat down for an interview with a reporter from website fandango where she was certainly not shy to point out that sony is looking to lock down actor tom holland for another marvel-backed spider-man trilogy as soon as possible Despite a lack of officially announced sequel trilogy plans, The Hollywood Reporter's sources claim that the Sony-Marvel partnership is arguably as strong as it ever was, with Kevin Feige, Tom Holland, and the Sony producing team in a very good place to continue their collaboration. We don't have to think too far back to a time in which the relationship between Sony and Disney-Marvel was less than stable. After the success of Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019, Sony sought to end the Disney-Marvel partnership when negotiations for a contract extension ran sour. But the two thankfully worked out their differences later that year, 
with a little push from a presumably influential phone call between Spider-Man star Tom Holland and then Disney's CEO, Bob Iger. The best Bob. In reference to the upcoming December 17th release of Spider-Man No Way Home, Amy Pascal said, quote, This is not the last movie that we are going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies, unquote. Adrian, what are you making of this news about Spider-Man, my hype friend? I'm uh, so hyped, Simon. Uh, honestly, like, I'm not surprised. Like, I know there was, like, the whole hubbub of, like, Tom Holland being like, oh, if I'm playing Spider-Man past 30, like, that won't be a good thing. Oh, I am Tom Holland. I'm British. If <laughs> No, he's apparently Southern. He's from yeah. Texas. Uh, if I play him Spider-Man past 30, I, obviously it's, I've made a mistake, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like he was saying that, and like in my mind, I was like, yeah, he's just saying that shit. Uh, like he's going to j- just trying to get money. Like Sony and Marvel are not going to let this die. They're going to throw a bunch of money at him and they're going to continue this series because this, I mean, hell man, Spider-Man, um, this is the one with the multiverse. It like broke ticket sales records. Like it sold more tickets in pre-sale. Pre-ticket. Yeah, pre-sale tickets, sorry. Then Avengers Endgame did. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like they'd be out of their goddamn minds to end a partnership like this. So I am I'm not even remotely surprised that they're continuing this. And again, the uh like there's you know, there's the a little like hint or nods that, you know, Tom Hardy's Venom is gonna be like kind of folded into you know, like meet up with Tom Holland and everything like that. Like they're not going to let two Toms, the Tom squared. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised about this. And it's, it's just so obvious that they're going to do this. And what I'm really hoping is that in these next three movies, maybe it's going to be, you know, Peter Parker in college or whatever. Um, You know, we're going to see that sort of grow up and I'm sure they're going to start setting the, or like planting the seeds for a Miles Morales live action uh, character as well, which I would be, very excited to see, um, especially since uh, today they they actually released the day we're recording this, which is uh, December the fourth. They released a teaser for Spider Man Across the Spider Verse or whatever, right? Yeah, which is the sequel to Spider Man Into the Vi- Spider Verse. And apparently, this, that's a part one of two. Um, and you know, like just seeing that, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Is how that much a I Beatles reference? Movie. Actually, I don't know because I got Beatles on the brain here. Maybe possible across the universe across the spider-verse yeah it's possible because there's a movie called across the universe as well as well as obviously the song yeah it's possible i wouldn't be surprised um because of like the heavy influence of music on uh at least that first movie although oh, they, they didn't use no beatles. any beatles music in <laughs> yeah. the trailer so that's true too um but again yeah like uh, that that trailer was pretty hype but uh, yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not shocked by this whatsoever and I, th- I feel like this was a fairly obvious thing that was going to happen. Um, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was obvious too. We talked about how it kind of felt like Tom Holland was a little bit naive in his speech. Mm-hmm. It, like the way he was speaking about, you know, I, you know, you saying again, the thing about, you know, if I'm playing Spider-Man by the time I'm 30, I've made a, made a wrong turn. If I'm uh, playing the Spider-Man, that's the age of 30. That's his accent. And he was kind of talking about, he was, he seemed like he was kind of, he was like, this is the end. This is the end of the, the whole Spider-Man trilogy. It seems like there's not they're not making anymore or whatever. And it's like, did you even talk to the your the people who you who hired you at all? Like it just seemed like he didn't 
Again, it was it just felt like the Uncharted situation. Like yeah. Nathan Drake is a very stoic character. Like no, no, he what? isn't. <laughs> no, he, he isn't. And it, I don't know. So I, it seemed like this was obvious. Like again, it, it was going to be obvious that this was going to sell an, an enormous amount of tickets because this has been hyped for mm-hmm. literally months. People thinking that Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield are all going to be in the same movie together. And I wonder if that's not going to happen still. Because <laughs> if it doesn't, imagine the internet's fervor, Adrian. Imagine at this point, knowing that they like they beat pre-sale tickets, ticket like sale records. Mm-hmm. It seems crazy that that could happen. You know, I'm just going to throw this into the ether, Adrian. I want to throw Do it out it. there. We talked about previously... Spider-Man, No Way Home. It has, it's teased now five villains and notoriously Spider-Man has the, you know, faces off against the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. The villain that could be missing, I feel like it's not Venom. I think I feel like Venom is being teed up for a different movie. I think, what about Mysterio? I'm just going to put that out into the ether. Just throw that out there. Bring him back Jake Gyllenhaal, baby. I, I could see it. Yes, Mysterio, fishbowl head. Mm-hmm. I think... It's a there's a chance, and I I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to talk about what happened in Spider Man No Way Home. Sorry, or, Far From Home. I get those confused. Yeah, me too. I, I don't. I kind of wonder if they should have changed. You know, picked a different name, but they Definitely. had to put no. They had to put home in the. Yeah, it's so in the title. God, yeah, I'm confused as fuck. But uh, or plot twist, because in the Raimi trilogy, in 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 Raimi's Spider Man Four, yes, they were going to have Mysterio show up. To be played none other, to be played by none other than Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Who is in, who plays cameos in the first three Spider-Man movies. And he was supposed right. to be like all three. Same, yeah. All three Sam Raimi movies. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to be Mysterio in the fourth one. Yeah. So plot twist, maybe they just bring in Bruce Campbell and he plays Mysterio. That would be interesting. But I do think that the, you know. The master, like, I, I don't know. The, the the one that they teed up, I think that they actually have Jake Gyllenhaal. They've had him in a movie. It makes more sense. Whether that means he's coming through from an alternate universe or whatever it may be, I think it makes makes sense. It makes yeah. sense because Mysterio is, I'm pretty sure, notoriously a part of the Sinister Six as well. Although mm. I feel like almost every Spider-Man villain might have been at this in, in the Sinister Six at one time. It's possible. But I think that... That that makes sense. Yeah. It could be a mastermind behind kind of a mastermind running the show in some capacity, yeah. and we're just not seeing him because you know he's a master of illusion, Simon. Because you you don't you almost think not you won't see him because we already saw him. So yeah. w- w- would we see him in this movie as well? We don't know. I would like that. we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. So maybe it's Morbius. Maybe Morbius is the sixth villain. Imagine it was Morbius. Morbius. Imagine it was Morbius instead. Or or <laughs> what about Vulture? Or mm. Scorpion. They set up Scorpion in the after credit scene of Homecoming. Uh, they did, but I feel like they didn't set him up enough. I yeah, think Vulture, true. like Michael Keaton was brilliant. And yeah. like even in that Spider-Man game, uh, sorry to Kenneth Settle about if we're talking about video, video yeah, games, so but sorry, the man. Spider-Man Sony PlayStation game mm-hmm. where they really put, did the Sinister Sticks in very, very well and spoiled it actually in literally spoiled it in the trailer yeah which is pretty stupid similar to this second trailer of yeah basically basically what a stupid I, yeah i made that connection i was like god damn it what a waste what a waste it was such a again it's such a good trailer in some way but it's like you don't need any more hype you just don't need it throwing the grenade in that first trailer having 
Doc Ock's arms and seeing Alfred Molina was enough. We don't need the rest of it. We don't need the movie. We just we don't need the whole movie. We just need the simple trailer that would hype it up, and we already got that. So you really don't need another trailer. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. I'm just going to also mention, today is December 4th. We're recording this. They launched the Into the Spider-Verse trailer, whatever, the Across the Spider-Verse trailer on December 4th. Meanwhile, they hyped up Cyber Monday as Spider Monday. They called it Spider Monday, but instead of putting the spider into the Spider-Verse trailer on that day, they decided to put it out on a random Saturday almost a week later. I didn't even hear about Spider Monday. What do they do for it? Do they even do anything? What do you mean? It was at the end of every like at the trailer the end of the trailer, the second trailer, they're like, You can buy your tickets on Spider Monday. Oh yeah. There were another way to say that it was that day too. They're oh, like I forgot. On on November I can't remember what day it was. November 29th, Spider Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Why? You didn't have to do that. <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, I bought, a, I bought us tickets real quick. The, the, the ticket buying experience was awful. Oh, man, it was tough. I got really good seats, thankfully. Like, because uh, um, I was talking to your girlfriend because you and I never talk outside this podcast. And I wanted to go on the first possible showing, which is Thursday, but she works the next morning. And I know you work until about 7, 7.30. So right. my, my time slot for buying these tickets was essentially it had to be like after eight, but before nine to accommodate both you and your, your lover. So there's really after eight, great chocolate, great chocolate. Yeah. After eight, great chocolate. Oh yeah. Bringing that back. Um, uh, and so I, I bought tickets for like the nine showing at the one theater, but God damn, it took me like fucking 45 minutes. Cause like the Cineplex app was just not loading and like, it, like it crashed the Cineplex app, which is nuts. I th- like yeah. I, again, th- I was trying to get on there too, uh, around the same time I was aimlessly doing it. Cause of course we don't talk outside this podcast. So I didn't know why, when you were looking this up, but yep. I was just trying to see like where the seats were, like, what would the availability was. Couldn't even get on. So yeah. I, I also like to point out just briefly, Adrian here, you never made a reference. There was never a reference to after a chocolate on this podcast. Oh really? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. I think that that was made somewhere else. It might've been, I might have told Jimmy a joke to tell you at some point. Uh, I don't know, uh, but I don't believe we made a joke about After Eight Chocolate. After Eight Chocolate, by the way, if you're not aware, audience, I don't know how you're not because it's great. Is dark chocolate with mint in the center? Mm-mm-mm. Very good. Very oh, good. I got myself we were playing a little. Outriders. <laughs> now that I think about it. What? That was when we were playing Outriders. <laughs> like when you brought it up. I just realized. Yeah. 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 And uh, I actually got myself a little uh, advent calendar with After Eight Chocolates in it. And oh. it's quite good. It's quite, really cool. I don't know if that's been the thing that's been around forever, but for like the Christmas calendar where it like counts down the days to Christmas, yeah. called the advent calendar. There's a lot of really cool ones now. Like last year we got lint, lint chocolate ones, but they were okay. That was an okay calendar. But this year they have like Kit Kat, they have cookies and cream, and they have uh, After 8. And I know, Adrian, you love After 8 chocolates. I never so. had it. I, I, I don't like mint chocolate. I just don't like that flavor combination. Not for me. Dark chocolate and mint. I just don't like that combination, Simon. I don't put fucking toothpaste on my chocolate, okay? I don't want it. Okay, okay. I don't want it. I saw this funny meme the other day. I was like, uh, like Advent. Yeah, the Advent calendars are uh, made for kids to microdose Christmas. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> microdosing, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, that's right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, it made me laugh. Anyways. It is strange. Uh, there's a the guy who I work with who literally has an advent calendar of beer. 
it's like a giant box of beer and every is like little little doors that open up and he takes like they're just different beers he takes out every day that's pretty cool he's a big big fan of different beer yeah it is pretty cool anyway that's adrian let's move on to number two shall we yeah okay good i'm glad you're so willing number two as announced in an apple press release Gravity and Roma director Alfonso Cuaron is set to direct, write, and produce a thriller TV series for Apple's Apple TV Plus streaming service. The series will be called Disclaimer and will be based upon the novel of the same name by author Renee Knight. The original story follows a television journalist who happens upon a novel that appears to be based around a very specific and secretive aspect of her own life. (gasps) The journalist will be played by Don't Look Up star Kate Blanchett, who will also be executive producing the series. While the novelist will be played by Beauty and the Beast star Kevin Klein. The series will be the first TV show to be both written and directed by Kiran, who recently signed a multi year deal with Apple. Adrian, what do you make of this new Apple TV Plus show? Well, 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 Simon, what I make of this is that you left out Alfonso Kiran's greatest movie of all time, and that being Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Simon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, which is a great movie. <laughs> Um, it is a great movie, and it, it may be the best. I don't know. I don't know if that. This is a little bit of a bold statement, but it is a very good Harry Potter movie yeah, of Deathly the Harry Hallows Potter part movies one. that exist. Yeah. Deathly Hollows Part One is still my favorite. I think so too. I think Deathly Hollows. It it just it has these. Man, the pacing in that movie is pretty divine. It's pretty. I, I think in the Deathly Hallows yeah. Part One. Oh, that movie. That dance scene with like you know Nick Cave and the the bad seeds playing. It's just. Yeah. It's iconic. It's really good. It is. Yeah, it is really good. Indeed, but, uh, but yeah. What, what do you think about think about this? What do you think about this? Not not Harry Potter. This is not a Harry Potter movie. Come on, Harry Potter podcast. Harry podcast. What? What are you referencing? I don't know. I was just trying to think of something, but uh, I don't know. I think that uh, this seems neat. This seems like an interesting premise. I'm not familiar with the uh, original story or this novel or whatever, but I think this is uh, this is a neat premise, and it's cool that this is, I guess, Alfonso Cuarón's first. TV show that he both writes and directs. I mean, he's an Oscar-nominated director, um, so this is like a pretty big get for Apple. Um, you know, them signing that multi-year deal with him, and I don't know. This is definitely something I'll check out. I mean, you just talked about C and how how Apple's production values and all their TV shows is top tier, and having someone that that is a creative like him attached with like those high production values. I'm sure this is going to be a really great series that will you know, catch my interest. What do you think about this? Well, Kate Blanche is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I think her being the headliner of this series is amazing. And again, there's no expense spared in terms of like these TV series. Now I, ju- I just like, I don't know. You can have like a nostalgia going kind to of flashback to like 2004. You know what I mean? When lost was coming out lost. and like th- before lost, there really wasn't that many serial popular shows around that were like dramas that, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, built upon for season by season after season. You kind of had to watch every episode to understand it. Mm-hmm. And then it became, you know, you had lost heroes and in prison break. And as it went on from there, breaking bad came out and then kind of the floodgates were open and mm-hmm. you have these like shows with Anthony Hopkins in it, like Westworld. And you got, you know, in terms of Apple's floodgates, you've got the morning show with both Reese Witherspoon and, um, Jennifer Aniston. It's like they or the shrink no next expense. door with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. 
and uh, I know it's just there's it. no expense spared with so many of these series or, or like even uh, I think it's called Big Little Lies or whatever with like a crazy cast. Yeah, that's HBO it, though. I, but even HBO, HBO is an example. HBO oh, yeah. didn't have content quite like Game of Thrones prior to what Lost brought to the table. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of was the start of the golden age of television. And now we're like, it's the rocket ship is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really it's it hit, it hit light speed. I feel like in, yeah. In, I mean, in to some be of these fair, series like, that are coming out, like HBO did have stuff. Uh, like they had, you know, like Sopranos and they had, um, they did, but none of those shows had like big name actors in it. They were kind true. of still television actors in some way. And then they kind of broke into movies like, um, Gold of Fe- oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name now. He's, he's an awesome actor who, who's in Sopranos. Yeah. The main character. Yeah. Tony Soprano. Golden Gal- Nafini or something like that. I, I don't want to disrespect him. So I'm just, look- I'm looking it up. He's Tony passed, Soprano. He passed away. I know that much. Yeah, he did, unfortunately. Um, James Gun- uh, James Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Damn, I don't think we're pronouncing that right. Why? Gandolfini. We're, we're butchering it. Gandolfini. I apologize to anybody who thinks we're idiots who can't pronounce a well, basic name here. But I anyway, don't apologize uh, to people for thinking that we're idiots because we are idiots, but I do apologize for mispronouncing the name. Yeah. yeah. It is true. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. Thank you for that save. Um, no worries. Gandolfini. Gandolfini? Damn it. I'm going to stop. That seems right. That seems right. That seems right. Let's let's just leave it. <laughs> like why did, why did you go back to it? <laughs> you ever you ever say a word a lot and and this is not like quite like that, but you say say something and it's just like you cannot get it right no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's wrong, but you're saying it. And then there's times where you're saying a word like just the same word over and over again and you say it again and you're like that does not sound right at all. Like, there's no way that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Like a simple word like the just becomes foreign to you. Yeah. The. You ever had that? Yeah, definitely. It's weird. It's like a weird dissociative situation. Anyway, yeah. My point was, floodgates are open. Apple TV Plus. They just uh, they're killing it with these production values and and the like. The foundation is a show that I kind of really want to see too. And it, like they mm-hmm. again, apparently it's 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 quite good. I think it's well regarded. I saw a bunch of like some creator. I can't remember who it was. I don't remember exactly, but if somebody was on Twitter like. But, uh, like a big writer or director commenting on how much they love the foundation and uh, how, how great they thought it was. So I don't know. I, I kind of want to really want to see that one too. But Me too. Yeah. It's really cool that Apple's just kind of not sparing any expense in every one of these shows. This, I mean, despite the fact that some of their shows are not the greatest, well, you know, well-written affairs, but uh, yeah. it is cool. And I'm definitely going to sign up for this because honestly, I've seen everything I've seen that from Alfonso Cuaron has been... Uh, really really good like yeah. i really liked roma as well gravity as much as it kind of you know wasn't the most realistic science <laughs> fiction type type it's situation it, it's really well shot like the cinematography in that is brilliant and yeah i enjoyed it and uh, i will pro- probably enjoy this i hope so as much as i enjoyed prisoner of azkaban the third harry potter movie mm-hmm. adrian let's move on to number three all right, get on with it. According to publication deadline, Matchstick Men star Nicolas Cage has been cast as Dracula in the Universal Pictures monster movie centered around Dracula's henchman, Renfield. The Renfield film will be directed by Tomorrow War director Chris McKay Amazing. with X-Men Days of Future Past actor Nicholas Holt set to play Renfield himself. Most recently, the farewell actor Aquafina was also cast in an unknown role in the upcoming movie. Adrian, I feel like you're excited for this, but probably 
questioning it, questioning it a little bit mm-hmm. because of Chris McKay. Because I yeah. know you don't love Tomorrow War. That's a bad movie. Um, it's also just a movie, but it's just a bad movie. If that makes sense, but yeah, like um, we talked no, about Redfield a couple a lot times. Of sense. What what are you talking about? You get it. Don't worry. It's it's also just a movie, but it's also a bad movie. Yeah, are you referencing something? Movie. Is it the, no. like a line from something? I don't think so. Is that a line from The Sopranos? Yeah, the hit move, the hit TV series Sopranos that I never watched, but um, with James G- Gandolfini. Yeah, Kendall. Why did you have to bring it up again? Uh, let's. Throw I me don't off. know why I can't say <laughs> it. It sucks. I think he's a good, great actor too. Like he's awesome. He was a apparently. I, I really should. We should watch Sopranos. That's kind of come back in a big way because of the sequel and all that, yeah. or the prequel, I should say. So I watch it next but, year. We'll watch one season a month. The Wire is another show that I really That's should watch. Yeah. No. You were thinking of, I know, but the problem is, is that what I, what I was trying to say was that you didn't have any kind of big name act, the actors. Mm-hmm. Like you're right, HBO was making quality for years, potentially prior, but they didn't really. They started to get to that mainstream level when Lost was coming out and everything yep. was. It's all coming together as TV TV shows kind of were, again, a medium that were, was coveted by big directors or actors mm-hmm. or, you know, producers, et cetera. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, we, we're going backwards here. Let's go forwards. Renfield, what are you thinking of Renfield? I foregress. Instead of digressing, foregressing. I think you still, we still digressed. Because we're digressing. Literally... We're dig. yeah, I guess so. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, we've talked about Redfield. Double negative would be a positive. So, so regressing. We're re- I gress. We're regressing? Regress. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so we've talked about the Renfield movie uh, a couple times on this uh, podcast, but I just kind of wanted to bring it up because I, like, again, I love Aquafina. I've talked about it multiple times on this uh, on this, on this this show. Uh, I really love her, and I, I'm very glad that she's going to be in this movie. But I am just... So curious how Nicolas Cage is going to play Dracula. I don't oh, like because the the last oh, few movies I've watched of Nicolas Cage have, have have just been him being bananas. I watched the Prisoners of the Ghostlands movie, which I don't know if I talked about. Bananas, but yeah, bananas. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostlands, a movie which I don't know if I talked about it, but I watched it. Um, that movie's whack, and he plays again a ridiculous character. I watched um, the one where he just beats up a bunch of uh, robots. Um, it's like that Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I forget what it's called. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, again, he doesn't say a single fucking word in the entire movie. Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. That's what it's called. And you know, like uh, there's that mom and dad Netflix movie where it's him just trying to kill his kids. A bunch of these like movies. Like, and I don't know if I've seen him in anything that's a little bit more like tame. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we watched that movie in theaters in in Waterloo. Um, uh, Mandy. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. And just everything I've seen him in is just him going so tame. Balls to the fucking walls, dude. What's wrong with that movie? That's extremely tame. You should take your children, audience. <laughs> no, do not. Do not. Jesus Christ. Why would you say that? But uh, yeah, Don't take your children. I just Imagine wanna... there's somebody who stopped the episode right at that moment that I said that, and they, they instantly like, okay, we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and they go immediately and take their children to a movie theater to watch Mandy, which has been out for two years. Yeah, I doubt it's in any movie theater. But if you, but anyways, if you find Don't one... do that. Don't do that. Bad parenting. It is. Do not let your children watch Mandy. Yeah. Coming from two people that don't have children, that's bad parenting. And you should feel bad about it. Yeah, we know. We know. We're professional parents. I'll raise your kid. I'll raise your kid better than you could raise him. Whoa. I'll do it. Got some Anyways. Godfather offers right here. Yeah. Um, An but- offer you can't refuse. 
Never. Uh, that was awful. I don't think that's a line in The Godfather. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense in the context. I've never even watched The Godfather. You haven't seen it? No. That's embarrassing. You know what's embarrassing? Uh-oh. What? Your, your fucking life, dude. Boom, roasted. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. That was mean. I, you I took a pause, back. and then that's what you came up with after the pause? After yeah. the pause, every second that passes, you have to. it, it almost has to like top itself. Like Every every solution to the, to the answer that you're going to give. I thought you were just going to say at the end of the whole thing, you. But yeah. at least you didn't do that. Yeah. Anyways, I take it back. That was mean. I don't mean it. What would okay. I do without your jokes, right? If you can call them that. <laughs> this... This would be nothing without me, okay? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, back to the thing day. we're actually talking about, Dracula's yeah. <laughs> henchman Renfield. Yeah, I'm just curious how Nicolas Cage is going to play that part. Like, is he just oh, going to go most of Yeah. He's also got like a Widow's Peak, which I think is, is perfect for Dracula. It might be the a perfect casting. This is supposed to be a comedy, isn't it? No. Right? It is. We've got Aquafina. I don't think so. It's about Dracula's henchman. <laughs> what? Isn't it? I don't think so, man. It's a horror comedy. That, that's got to be what they're going for. Maybe? Are you looking it up? Yes. Why are you asking me? I don't know what you're doing. We're talking across the world here, okay? This is an over-the-internet podcast. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about it being a horror comedy. I don't think It makes said- sense, though. Am I crazy? I guess... You're saying, I guess you think I'm crazy? Yes. Why are you questioning everything? Stop putting question marks on the end of sentences. I don't know. Question mark? Anyways, yeah, I'm just curious about this. Yeah. I can't find anything about, about it being a horror comedy. I cannot find anything about it. It is interesting. I agree. I am curious as well. I, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I oh. like Nicolas Cage. Is he a good actor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't know. He's just, uh, he just, he'll just pick every, he'll just take every role though. It doesn't matter what role they offer him. Abed had a breakdown in season five of Community. He didn't know. He couldn't figure it out. What? Abed had a breakdown in Community. He couldn't figure it out. I'm sorry. I thought you said he all but had a breakdown in Community season five. No. I was like, what? Nicolas Cage was in Community? Briefly. When Abed did an impersonation of him because it was very accurate. You know what was dis. No. Yeah, I remember what you were talking about. Yeah, he had a, yeah. did it. That was a good episode. That was cool. Yeah. But Adrian, I just realized something, and I I completely forgot about this. Something I was a very excited about for um, Brooklyn Nine Nine mm-hmm. is that um, Bruce Willis would be in it, and he wasn't. Oh yeah, they referenced him so much. They wanted to have him in it. They specifically, yeah. I think, tried to get him to be in the show, and they failed. Yeah, I think Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, Bruce Willis. Like I've said this before, he. I I think that guy hates his life. I think he wants nothing to do with anything in acting. But he's taking these random parts and like really be be action movies though. Yeah, if you I look at his like this... filmography recently, it's not like it's not stellar. Yeah, I feel like it's just low effort, easy money. I mean, that's Brooklyn Nine Nine could have been low effort, easy money. He just did the show his face for like one second. Maybe they didn't even approach him. Maybe that's what happened possibly maybe it was a scheduling conflict i just i just it's funny i was looking forward to that for the finale and when we watched it i just completely forgot that that mm. was something i was looking forward to 
Anyways, Brooklyn Nine-Nine audience, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's an incredible NBC comedy with it is. Andy Samberg. Yeah, he's one of the many people in there. Terry Crews is also in there. Stephanie Beatrice is also in there, who recently starred in Encanto. Indeed. Yeah. Sorry if that's a spoiler, Ken. <laughs> oh, man. Well, he threw so much shade at me, calling me Spoiler McSpoilerson or, or whatever. I thought he called you Adrian. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Call me Adrian. Way way to bring it back. Adrian. Get it? Yeah, I never watched Rocky either. I don't actually remember that line in the movie Rocky. So when I said it, I really did it half-assedly because I'm not quite sure what it sounds like. Unlike my Jerry Seinfeld impression, which is spot on. Anyway, Adrian, let's move on to the montage, shall we? What do you think? Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as publication Variety reports, the Chucky Horror TV series has been renewed by USA Network and Sci-Fi for a second season. I heard this is actually really good. Um, I, I was curious about watching it, but I didn't. So... Number two, as Variety reports, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom director J.A. Bayona is directing a plane crash survival movie for Netflix called Society of the Snow. I hope there are dinosaurs in it. If there are, I'll watch it. Number three, according to publication Deadline, Magic Mike director Steven Soderbergh is set to direct Magic Mike 3, with actor Channing Tatum also scheduled to reprise his role as stripper Mike Lane in the sequel. The movie is planned as an HBO Max exclusive. Mmm, interesting. Very interesting. I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't realize Steven Soderbergh directed the Magic Mike movies. It kind of piques my interest a little bit more. Steven Soderbergh making, you know, the Oceans movies and stuff like that. And uh, that one movie with Channing Tatum and James Bond. You know, and Adam Driver. You know that movie I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, though. The Racetrack. Yeah, yeah, whatever, continue. Yeah, it's another heist movie. Number four. As reported by Deadline, director Paul Thomas Anderson's latest 1970s-based film, Licorice Pizza, has broken the pandemic-era record for best theater average gross opening weekend ticket sales. In other words, Licorice Pizza beat out the previous COVID-era record holder in Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch for most revenue made, on average, per theater during the recent opening weekend. That's cool. I really want to watch this movie. But uh, it's not playing anywhere near us until, I think, Christmas. From what I can tell. I think that per theater average was just for four theaters in total. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could be wrong, but... Because, yeah, it technically released on the 26th of November, but, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a very wide release as far as I, I saw. Yeah. I think it was like four theaters. Maybe they opened it up. Anyway, number five. As Variety reports, Network AMC's Annie Murphy-starring comedy TV series Kevin Can Fuck Himself will end after its very recently announced second season. Oh, okay. I never watched the show, nor do I know anything about it. Apparently, it's about a woman who's stuck in a marriage in a sitcom. And she's, like, abused for the, as, the, like, the butt of the joke in the sitcom. And I had no idea that that's what that was about until I read this article. And I was like, what? This movie's about that anyway. It actually looks quite good, like a good concept. Oh. Number six. As website NME reports, Netflix is set to release a three-part Tiger King spin-off series about the antics of Big Cat Zoo operator Doc Antle on December 10th, 2021. Neat. I honestly just didn't even bother continuing season two of Tiger King. I'm just, just kind of like, eh, I'm not too interested. Number seven, as Variety reports, Carnival Row actor Cara Delevingne has been cast as an art insider named Alice in season two of the Hulu comedy Only Murders in the Building. Nice. 
I'm very excited for that season two of Only Murders in the Building. I loved that first season. It's phenomenal. It's on uh, Disney Plus's Star here in Canada and across the world, I imagine. Number eight. According to Deadline, due to scheduling conflicts, Black Widow actor Scarlett Johansson will no longer be a part of the Dexter Fletcher-directed action comedy film Ghosted. Alongside Captain America actor Chris Evans, Knives Out star Anna de Armas has now been cast in Johansson's stead. Oh, cool. I really love Anna Darmus. She's awesome. Number nine. According to Deadline, Avengers star Kobe Smulders has been cast alongside actor Samuel L. Jackson in Marvel's upcoming Secret Invasion Disney Plus TV series. Smulders will reprise her role as agent Maria Hill, while Jackson will play Avengers assembler Nick Fury. Nice. I'm glad they're bringing her back. Number 10. As Variety reports, the Will Arnett-hosted LEGO Masters TV series has been renewed by Network Fox for a third season. I honestly did not know what this show was and that it existed. I just looked it up. It's, uh, it's essentially people making crazy things out of LEGO. It's a reality show. Pretty cool. And that concludes the montage. But a bull LEGO. Oh, Adrian. Yeah. What a day. I'm still tired. I'm still tired. You sleepy Gary, you. I sure am a sleepy Gary. All right, Adrian, what do you got for me this week? What do you got for me? Simon, I got new releases for you, and I got some bad news real quick. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So last week, Uh I missed a bunch of movies Uh that I didn't realize. I didn't add Uh them on here. Uh And the reason... Uh Uh-oh. Can you fucking stop? Jesus. (laughs) And the reason I missed a bunch of movies, they were Netflix original movies. And it's because Netflix updated their app. Mm, It's Netflix's fault. And... It is. Okay, because originally the coming soon tab on Netflix would show you everything that was coming soon on Netflix. But Mm. for whatever reason, I guess they're curating it now. So it's not giving me anything. And I didn't realize that next last week because I was like, oh, that's a very like short list of movies. I was like, I, I thought nothing of it. And then I looked again this week and I was like, there's no way in hell there's only like one movie coming up. I was like, something's amiss here. Something's amiss, Simon. So I had to go to a different website to show me what's coming to Netflix. And that website is called what's coming to what what's hyphen on hyphen Netflix.com. Wow, it's a little a little on the nose, eh? Yeah. So that that's what I had to use. And then I, I cross-reference what it showed me on this website with the actual Netflix app. When you search the name of the movie coming out or whatever, and then it shows on the Netflix app that, okay, yeah, it's releasing this day. I'm like, why isn't it showing this to me? Because I missed a few movies last week. There's a movie called Mixtape or something, or maybe I didn't mention that. I don't remember. But anyways, I was just kind of like – I was disappointed because I was like, why, why did Netflix have to change it? I, I, had a, I had a method to my madness. I used two websites, Apple TV and the Netflix app. But now I have to change it all. Oh, you poor fella. Yeah, I yeah, am poor fella. So I was almost like, do I even do this section anymore? Because I can't see what's Whoa. coming out on Netflix. But then I realized there's a website dedicated to tell me what's coming out on Netflix. So we're all good. There's got to be. There's got to be. There's so much yeah. attention on this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much. So much. Anyways, but this is for the week of December the 6th to December the 12th. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as per usual. And the first movie coming out this week is coming out on Monday the 6th. And it's a movie called David and the Elves, which is a Netflix original Polish Christmas family comedy. Oh. Again, one of these movies that didn't show up on the coming soon list, and I had to check out this website. I see. But anyways. Then up next is a movie called The Scrapper, which is coming out on Tuesday, December the 7th, Simon. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a guy that scraps. 
Okay. So he loves to cut out articles, cut out pictures, put them on various in a very in like a, a, a in like a you know a, a blinded book. book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Um, and then the next day that that is not Wednesday, but it's the Thursday, the ninth. Uh, there's a movie coming out. and It's called Asukusa Kid. It's a Netflix original biopic about an aspiring Japanese comedian named Takeshi Kitano. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And the rest of the movies are coming out on the 10th, which is a Friday. Um, the first one is a movie called Unforgivable. This is a Netflix original movie starring Sandra Bullock yes. as she gets out of prison after her yeah. murder sentence. And she yeah. looks for little sister that she left behind. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Seems interesting. Two is up next. T-W-O, the number two. This is a Netflix original movie. And it's about two people who awaken only to discover their abdomens have been sewn together. Jesus. Yeah, I know. It sounds kind of cool. kind of want to watch it. I'll be honest with you. It's a Spanish movie, I believe. Back to the Outback is up next. And this is a Netflix animated adventure about dangerous creatures that aren't, aren't as bad as they might seem. Hmm. Anonymously Yours is up next, which is a Netflix original Mexican romantic drama. Hmm. What? It's a Netflix original Mexican romantic drama. That's not what it says here. A romantic drama. Okay, aromatic. It says aromatic. It's not even close to romantic. Uh, It's aromatic drama. You're right. I messed that up. It's very smelly. (laughs) (laughs) Smells good, I hope. Romantic, okay. I fixed it. I fixed I hope it. The, you got it. the drama caused by the smell is an aromatic drama. I hope the smell is great. Yes. This smell is too good. It's not the smell of poop. It's the smell of lavender or or sulfur. After eight chocolates. After eight, yeah. That's when we're recording this after eight. Yeah, I just ate an after eight. Did just now? Mm. I didn't even hear you. Did you mute your mic? Well, now is a relative term. Recently. No, now means now. Recently. Means like okay, so it just passed. Did I just eat it now? Just now? Just now? Just yeah, now? Yeah, literally just now? just now. Did you eat it just now? You see, we, we can keep no, no, because that would be impossible. What you think? My mouth is just full of chocolate. You know what I mean? You fuck, God, God, you piss me off. <laughs> it's all relative, Adrian. <clears throat> now is a relative term. You're a relative term. Okay. Still out of my league is up next. This is a Netflix original Italian rom com. An Italian aromatic comedy. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to a, a Mexican aromatic drama. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. It's an aromatic genre. It's the newest genre ever created. Aromatic. Genre. Yes, of course. Yes. I think. Well, my girlfriend just texted me. Are you done? I think it's because we're just uh, we're basically just been shooting the shit for the last hour and really haven't seemingly had any structures to this episode of our podcast. Yeah. So I've been having fun. I've been you having fun. No, I've been having a terrible time. Oh no, dude! Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm joking. Of course, I'm having I'm fun. Joking. Of course, I am. I'm joking. Anyways, what kind of aromatic drama is next? Uh, it's called Encounter, and this is an Amazon oh. Prime Video movie. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And it's about an, a marine that risks it all to save his sons from a mysterious force. I'm gonna guess it's aliens, Simon. Yes. Yeah. Then next up is Being the Ricardos. Oh, this is, it's coming. Yeah, so, uh, oh, I didn't write the source. I think it was uh, Uh-oh. Movie Insider. 
Maybe it was m.thehyphenumbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet. I'm sorry, why are you announcing this year? I thought you only announced movies that are doing a wide release. Okay, you know what? Let me just break the structure however I want to, man. This is my part of the show, Simon. This is my creative process. You you told me, I don't know if it was on this episode on an episode of our show, but you well, told I would me have never somehow. to you outside of this podcast. Never have never Whatever. Watched. You told me somehow through a proxy, okay? But you told me that you would never do, you'd never show, you'd never put in this list. You'd never do it. You'd never put any movie that was not ride releasing into this list. You know what movie's coming out? Don't look up. It's coming out this week, and you said, no, I won't put that in the list, even though that's the biggest movie coming out this week. Literally, if it, if it isn't being the Ricardo starring like uh, Javier Bardem and, and Nicole Kidman, Kidman, you know? It's Kidman, Kidman. Being the Ricardos, of course, being about I Love Lucy. Yeah. The TV series. Yeah. And the making of that show. Yeah. It's a biopic. Yeah. And it's coming yep. out on the 21st. Yeah, on Amazon Prime Video. And is this week have the 21st in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What day of the week is the 21st? It's every day at 9 p.m. if we're using 24-hour time. So just about after 8. Yeah, just about after 8. <laughs> Anyways. What kind of nonsense are we making here? I don't know. This episode's... But I'm enjoying it. Okay, Adrian. All right. So so there's no rhyme to your reason, then. You just put being the Ricardos in here. There's no rhyme to my reason. So it's limited theaters. Can we go watch it at the Waterloo Princess Twin Theaters, the indie theater? I don't think so. Venue. I don't think so. But why is it on the list? Okay, just keep Simon, going. Simon, I don't know. Maybe because I would forget that it's coming out in the future. Maybe I just wanted to cover my anus and just be safe and make sure that I got it on this list at some point. Okay? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know about covering your anus. I feel like that is not a great term. What, what, do you, what should I say? Watch my ass? Covering your ass, covering your butt, you know. Yeah, covering, it's just way more polite. Yeah, okay. Like the, you don't have to go right into the hole, okay? <laughs> well, like, what am I doing? I'm just covering my butt cheeks? When I say, like, covering my ass? It's extremely, like, oh, it's not courteous. Like, oh, I'm covering my ass, and I'm just I'm just no. covering the butt cheeks, leaving the, the, the hole wide open for... <laughs> no, because if you cover the butt cheeks, you would be covering the anus naturally. You don't have to give us the whole picture, okay? It's impolite. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, continue. Come on, man. American Refugee is up next, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie about society that is collapsing and a family that finds refuge in their neighbor's bunker, but everyone must prove themselves useful. Excellent. Next. Off the Rails is what we've been we, this is that's the, that's the name of the episode. We've been off the rails. It's not the name of the episode. We have been. This is probably <laughs> the most off-the-rails episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast since episode... 69? 74. 74 was last episode. Yeah, that's the joke. I feel, I feel like last episode we were pretty tame. I was pretty Yeah, tired. we were on the rails. I think we were on the rails. Yeah. We were pretty tired after Black Friday. You're yeah, right. You had, you had a little headache. Was was episode 69 off the rails? Nice. We were going wacky. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But off the rails, this is a movie that's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about four friends in their 50s that try to Creating recreate- Creating a podcast. Huh? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that joke. Yeah. Again, say it again. <laughs> Off the rails. Creating a podcast that goes off the rails. Yeah. Anyways, next movie coming out is called Agnes. Mm-hmm. I didn't even finish what Off the Rails was about. But uh, four friends in their fifty trying to create, create a Euro trip from their childhood, and then like one of the one of the ladies are dying, and then her like eighteen year old daughter is like on the trip instead to fulfill her dying mother's wish or something like that. Okay. Anyways, Agnes is up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie. It's about a priest and his apprentice. 
and his apprentice that that's got to deal with the nun possessed by a demon. Mm. Is the nun's name Agnes? Is the demon's name Agnes? Is the priest's name named Agnes? It's possible. Is the apprentice named Agnes? Is every character in this movie named Agnes? All of these are possible. Is the apprentice named Agnes? Anyway, next movie. The Hayden Games is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about a man in the woman, a man in the woman that work in an op. What did I, I write can't even it? know. I don't even know what you mean. I, it's it's a about a man and a woman that work in an office together. Not a man in the woman that work in a an man, office. Together. A man in the woman that works in a very aromatic office. office. After eight. Continually try to one-up one another while slowly getting more and more attracted to each other. Will they bang? I, I already spoiled it at the beginning of this. A man and the woman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, the Last Sun is up next. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie. It's about an outlaw that lives with the knowledge of a prophecy that's that one of his children will kill him. So instead, he goes on a mission to kill all his kids. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that seemed pretty cool, actually. I'm into that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a bunch of children and then go on a mission to kill all of them. I'm not going to do that. It's ridiculous. Oh, boy. Oh. It's ridiculous. It would take so long. Ooh. Because I can't just like start killing them as babies. That's way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's pretty easy, but it's very dark. Yeah. Okay. American Sicario is up next. It's confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehypenumbers.com and the Apple TV app. And this is a video on demand movie. And this is about the first known American Sicario. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. We call him Jimbo. Yeah, we hi- he left this, the world of being a Sicario and became a production assistant on, a, on, a, on an unsuccessful podcast. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't actually referencing that Jimmy. Uh, I was just throwing in a Jimmy name there. Oh, but yeah, no, yeah, he was a hitman. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I took pity on him when he got out of jail. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he said that he said that he wanted to be reunited with his little sister, Jimmy, and that's what the uh, yeah, and that's what the movie um um Unforgivable was based on. Actually, that's and Sandra Bullock is playing Jimmy in that movie. Um, National Champions is up next, and it's confirmed by Movie Insider and uh, the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehyphenumbers.com. It's coming to theaters, but not near us at the very least, but it says wide release on both Movie Insider and m.thehyphenumbers.com, so it fits into my my rule set that I've created for this show that is incredibly consistent. It's about students. Yeah, oh, man. If I know anything, it's consistent. It's your rule set. Woo. It's about students doing a strike before a big game to get compensation for the work they do. I'm pretty sure it's it's about football. I forgot to write the sport. It's kind of important. Yeah, I think it's football. I think it's college football because people get do people get paid for college football? I thought they just so soccer. I thought they just get free tuition. You want me to look this up or do we care? Soccer, right? Yeah, like the, like the yeah European football. No, no, you were talking about American football. Yeah, right. Yeah, should I check? I'm looking up the sport. Who cares? I think maybe the it's college they football. do. It's college football. Do they get paid? No, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like they do get paid. I thought they just get free tuition. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's it's very profitable, though, for yeah. the organizations running college football. But I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. You're not, you're not pro, so you probably just get a scholarship. Yeah. Do college football players get paid? 
No is the immediate answer that the guardian.com is answering here. So no, Adrian. Oh, thanks. Um, I can't do this, Adrian, but just to set the record straight, do you want to just search up James Gandolfini's name just to make sure that we're pronouncing it okay. even close to right? Because why don't we just do that? Like, Yeah, we know. should have done our hit segment of, this, of our show. How do you pronounce this name? I know, exactly. It's got a great name and everything. But I can't do it on my phone because James I James Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Is that how we've been saying it the James whole time? James Gandolfini. Yeah, I think we have been. Gandolfini. I don't know. We probably butchered it. We probably butchered it. Anyway, I think we were what saying other- Gandolfini as opposed to Gandolfini. Hmm. I think we were putting too much emphasis on the F at the end of Dolph. Perhaps I've got too much uh, Peter Jackson on the brain. That's possible because you watch that Beatles thing that he's creating. And he also made Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is from. Way to explain that. No worries. That's what I'm here for. Context upon context. And the final movie coming out this week, Simon, is West Side Story. Yeah. It's coming to theaters. Yeah. It's a musical. It's a remake. By Steven Spielberg. Yes. And it looks good. And I want to watch it this week. Do you want to come with me? Ah, Potentially, but we can't talk. You got to remember, don't break that rule, okay? We never talk about this outside this podcast. That rule or which rule? Yeah, that's the rule. Okay, I just want to make sure. I was like, did we make another rule earlier that I forgot about? It's possible. Well, you made several rules about the new releases that you just keep breaking. So there is that. I don't break them. I'm very consistent. You don't follow the rules. You do follow the other rule about not talking outside this podcast, though. Of course, we would never do that. That would be blasphemy, madness, even. Never have, never will. Yeah, Yeah, anyway, Adrian, is that it? Is that all the movies coming out? That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all, Simon Eady. Wow. Well, this this was an episode, wasn't it? It was. This was an episode of something. Yeah, mm, it was. It sure was. Anyways, this was the. This is, of course, the end of our regular scheduled programming for this episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Adrian, do you have anything to add to our audience? Anything to say to our listeners before we let them live their lives? I love you, listeners. Oh, that's good. Thank you for listening to me talk into your ears. Hmm. Is that it? Or yeah. Okay, good. Uh, listener, you can write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could write a review on any of those particular streaming services that have an option for writing a review, please do so. It does help us quite a bit as a, you know, unsuccessful podcast, as Adrian pointed out earlier in the episode. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the 75th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pente. 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 What the? Pinter signing off. Pinter? I hardly knew her. It's your own name. I know. Oh, God, I'm losing it, Simon. And you know who else is losing it? Batman and Batman v Superman, which is a good oh, movie. Jesus. It's a great movie, even. It's a damn stretch. I love that movie. You know what other movie I really like? Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon no. Town, baby. No. That's don't. a good movie. I stand You're by diluting. it. You're I diluting Batman versus Superman, Donald Justice. Come on. Uh, good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Good. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.